Meanwhile in the pod cave. Welcome back to another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. And I'm intern Jacob. All right, look at that. We got a special guest tonight. You know, we have talked about having special guests for a while, uh, and we've never been able to get Mark on the line. But uh, in absence of absolute Alex tonight, we have uh, someone our faithful listener, Mark, may remember from a few years ago. Jacob, let's introduce yourself here. Uh, I'm Jacob. I am Brian's son. So, I mean, first guest. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But but you were Podman's son. Yeah, you you were on years ago as a uh, Pod Boy. I think was it Pod Boy or what did we call them, Brian? The Pod Minis. The Pod Minis. That's right. I think it's the Pod Minis. So, uh, yeah, so faithful listeners will definitely, without a doubt, remember Jacob from that. Uh, so, Jacob, we appreciate you really pinching in for Alex, who obviously just had better things to do or at least homework or something to do. Uh, it is exam week for him this week, so it's it final exams. So. All right. Well, there you go. Good enough excuse to uh, miss this podcast. I, I almost wish I was back in school in final exams and I could miss the podcast, but... You know, we all have to grow up sometime, Jacob. Uh, Jacob, you're familiar with the format of the show, correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> have, you, have you heard an episode uh, after you guest started on it so many years ago? Have you heard one since? Uh, yes, I've listened to a couple episodes recently. Uh, I don't know, just generally. Okay, well. I'll, watch, I'll listen to one every once in a while. All right, hey, that's all we can ask for. I mean, that's those are glowing reviews right there. Uh, can you give us a review on uh, iTunes, maybe? Uh, sure, let me do it right now. All right, perfect. Uh, and while you're doing that, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of news. All right, in the news world today, uh, uh, Brian, I think one of the biggest things that's happened since our last uh, uh, episode is uh, we've got our first look at Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi? Well, how do we. It, it, the frustrating thing for me on this trailer was we still don't know really how to say the name. Yeah, nobody bothered saying his name in the whole thing. No. So <laughs> the assumption is it's Shang-Chi, because that's the way I've always pronounced it. So I've never had anybody correct me. So <laughs> that's what we're going with for the time being. All right. And what did you think of that? Now, it was a little bit different uh, than other Marvel movies, maybe? Yeah, they're leaning into the whole, you know, kung fu and try to, it looks like they're trying to play homage to, uh, you know, uh, the martial arts movies of the 70s and, and 80s. So. Uh, but not very superheroic, right? No, not really super heroic. Uh, you can see that there's some little, uh, some uh, uh, 
mystical elements to some of the fight scenes. So I'm assuming there'll be a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, mm. or possibly a kung fu hustle. Yes, which may be a, a tease for my retro review. Oh wow! It, All right, I I love me some Shaolin soccer and kung fu hustle from Stephen Chow. So uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, Podman Ron, what did you think about this? Was there, uh, would a normal human being not listening to the Podman, would they even know that this is a Marvel movie? Uh, no, they would not. I doubt it. I mean, you know, I, the Shang-Chi was like one of the comic books I never read as a kid. Um, it, he had a cool costume. I give him that. It's Kung Fu. You know, but he was just never, he never really hung out with the Marvel heroes back in the day. I mean, he would guest star every once in a while in a Marvel team up or a Marvel two in one. But, you know, up until recently, you know, he never did anything else with the Marvel heroes other than that. I mean, now, I mean, he's been a part of the Avengers and everything else. They've kind of dragged him in, you know, these past, probably past 10 years, but. But back in the you know seventies and eighties, he was pretty much his own thing. Well, that's what I was going to say. Was you have this like group of seventies Marvel's characters that really didn't intersect. You know, you had Blade, Shang Chi, right. and Man Thing. Yeah, and they were they were they were creating the seventies. They were kind of like a new crop, but they never really got. They never fit in with the rest of the of the Marvel no. universe. And like I said, it was you know it was in a Marvel team up with Spider-Man or a Marvel two in one with the thing, they would guest star, you know, and occasionally, you know, a Dr. Strange would guest star in one of their books or, you know, Iron Man may pop in or something. But other than that, you would never see them in the Marvel universe. Do you think that's due to like, um, like Roy Thomas's like, uh, influence and, and, uh, Maybe not so. Well, I mean, I guess kind of Jack Kirby, but um, but Roy Thomas and uh, Chris Claremont, like kind of dominating the seventies and eighties. <laughs> it could and be, what, but uh, yeah, I mean, but I think I think whoever was again, because I, mean, I didn't read any of that. I don't know who was really writing Shang Chi, but <clears throat> I think they just tried to keep it more of a in his own little world with Kung Kung Fu, and you know, to go into the Marvel universe all the time, it would kind of ruin that whole kung fu thing you know what what's good with kung fu if you've got you're fighting by gods and you know people with superpowers you know because even unlike iron fist iron fist had his iron fist you know but (laughs) shang chi is just good at karate for all i know i mean that that was pretty much it and he was created by steve englehart and jim starlin which you'd think jim starlin you well, know, Steve Englehart. Steve Englehart was a huge. Was our Avengers writer back in the seventies. He wrote some of the best Avengers stories back in the seventies. So he was debuted in seventy three. Um, but yeah, back then, like uh, Roy Thomas was the king of all Avengers, right? I mean, well, he was born in the sixties. Steve Englehart actually was the king of Avengers back in the seventies, in the mid seventies. Steve Englehart was uh, was huge Avengers, a uh, big yeah. writer. Yeah, I guess it's interesting that uh, that he didn't cross over more. But the yeah. same thing for like Blade, because that, that yeah, you're right the about that, three, right? Blade, Man, uh, Man Thing, and Shang Chi. That's kind of the three bigs from the '70s, right? I mean, right. I mean, and that was like their, Misty that was... Knight, and then 
Like, well, uh, you got to um, think Werewolf by Night too. Werewolf by Night. Ah, uh, there you oh, go. Man. I knew I was I was missing somebody. Werewolf by Night. Yeah. And, and that was more of that you know nitty gritty type Marvel. You know, it was more of a darker tone with those books than. You know, the only time I'd ever like buy a Werewolf by Night, which I used to love those books, but every once in a while they'd have, like I said, you know, Iron Man would guest star. Moon Knight. From the, yeah, Moon Knight, you know, but, well, that's where he premiered at. Cool costume, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but this, but this trailer did nothing for me. Did nothing honestly. for you. Yeah. It, uh, it did, not, I, I feel like he, the Shang-Chi itself, the actor looked to me a little bit too old to play Shang-Chi. I mean, that was my first. I always thought picture Shang Chi a little bit younger than this guy, but I, I don't know. I just again, I think I'm. Am I, I don't know if I'm getting. You may get me getting burned out. out. You may yeah. be where I am. I, I I've I been burned out for a while. Or or the fact that it's Shang Chi. So I mean, and now again, this could come out and I'd be like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. But so far, I'm I'm underwhelmed. Uh, well. Jacob, I want to hear from the youth of America. Well, I have no idea who Shang-Chi is, to be honest. So We we appreciate your honesty, first of all. Very face value to the trailer. I think it looks interesting, and I think it could be a cool movie. And it could introduce a lot of characters. But because you're finally getting the Mandarin, and people have been asking that for for the Mandarin for years since Iron Man 3, because the Mandarin wasn't the real Mandarin. And... I don't know. I think the tra- I think the trailer seemed interesting. Are we getting yeah, the Mandarin in this? Yeah, I don't know that we are getting the Mandarin. Just because he's the leader of the Ten Rings gang doesn't make him the Mandarin. Wasn't he confirmed, like to be in the movie? No, they basically they're doing this because they're saying, uh, you know, they referenced the Ten Rings back in Iron Man One, the first Iron Man movie. So they're trying to bring it kind of full circle from that standpoint. But uh, there's not a guarantee it's going to be Mandarin. The flip side of that coin is, uh, did you guys see what they've changed with the uh, how they've changed the, the rings? rings? I don't. That this is uh, my biggest uh, beef with it. I think. What is it? They're rings on his forearm. He's got five. They're rings bracelets. On his forearm. They're oh, bracelets. Yeah. They're not, uh, yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Uh, Why would they do that? Well, well, because they we just got done, you know. With a, a gauntlet covered in rings, you know. Well, okay, so maybe. The yeah. thing about uh, being on the hand. Uh, the flip side is, uh, well, uh, we'll get to it in my retro review. Brad knows what I'm talking Kung about. Fu hustle. All right, all right. Well, let's. Uh, so again, interesting. We'll see where it goes. Uh, it does not. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like it's the hard hitting whatever we're on Marvel Phase Four that we. That they should be going out the the door with here, you know. It looks it looks more like Ant Man than it does. You know, yeah. it, it's kind of uh, you got the quirky sidekick Aquafina, right? She's kind of playing the uh, uh, the zany character uh, to to offset him, who apparently has got a checkered past and always a checkered uh, past. So, so we'll it, see. I, uh, it looks good for a movie. It, uh, it, I, I'm curious where it's going to fit in the Marvel Universe. And I feel like they, pro, to uh, PMR's point, they probably missed an, uh, an opportunity because, you know, they want new warriors. You know they want new warriors, right? Why wouldn't you make Shang-Chi younger? Like, make him a teenager 
Um, and then he fits in, he fits in new warriors. There, there's not a huge re I mean, you don't, you don't have to say like he went on, um, you know, uh, he was given five years or whatever to, right. to, and then now he's being called back to the, to the 10 rings plan or gang or whatever. Just make it where he doesn't know that his dad's the head of this gang and he finds out that he is and go. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. It's like they went out of their way to age him when they didn't have to. And if they kept him younger, then he's a, a perfect fit in. Keep him around a little new, bit longer. <laughs> yeah. New, <laughs> right. Well, well, that's true, but also fit him in with new warriors. Right. Well, so then you've got, cause you've already established Cassie or young justice, you know, whatever you want to call them or young, uh, young Avengers. So oh. you, we've got Patriot. We've got Cassie Lang. We've or uh, Hawkeye girl. Hawkeye girl. Like Wicked and Speedy. It's weird that they made him older. It's like if they made him younger, that's another candidate to slip right on that team. And and this team is not going to be the one that handles the the cosmic crisis. <laughs> so having somebody that three that street just knows kung fu, yeah. <laughs> so somebody that just knows kung fu would fit right in. So. Well, look at us. Uh, See, this is the way we do it, Jacob. The 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 Podman cast dispersion is based on a trailer. <laughs> we do. We do. We make well, judgments we make based on the trailer. Actually, Mandarin, there is a confirmed role for Mandarin for Shang-Chi as well as Ben King, Kingsley who was Mandarin, quote unquote, in Fake Mandarin. Iron Man my 3. god, it's like having Alex here. I mean, it's the Jacob is the body of Alex trying to prove you wrong, Brian. But no, there is a confirmed role for. <laughs> no, I, I hear you absolutely. I do not <laughs> do not want to go up against uh, Jacob's facts here. What uh, are your sources, Jacob? Yeah, spill it, spill it, spill it, scoop. Uh, a couple of other scoops. Let's keep moving on here. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier here. Marvel's Secret Invasion, uh, another movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, it's picked up a couple of people. Um, uh, Emilia Clark from uh, Game of Thrones may yep. be involved in it, or maybe she's Spider Woman. We don't know, but she's somebody, right? She is somebody. She, Spider Woman was integral to the uh, Secret Invasion storyline, so it would make sense. That would make sense. All right, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, a couple of other, not to be too biased on the Marvel side and the DC news. Uh, Brian, you, you scooped us on this about, uh, changes with the Superman in the funny books. Yeah. Yeah. And we heard rumblings of this, uh, a few months back and people kind of dismissed it when they said that 3G wasn't happening, but, uh, Grant Morrison is going to write a mini series, uh, featuring Superman and the authority where essentially, uh, he either teams up with them or joins the team outright. But uh, but we're going to see the authority with Grant Morrison, which people ought to be ecstatic for, and he's bringing Superman into it. Uh, and then on the flip side of that coin, uh, so now John Kent is going to become the primary Superman for the DC Universe. I like that. I like it a lot. Well, and the book's going to be written by Tom Taylor, who is Honestly, fantastic. I like so, that. Did you say Superman's going out in space? Is that what I heard, or...? Well, it's the authority, so you assume it may see either space or the bleed or, or whatever. That's, I heard that he's going out in space, and you know he's going to be doing missions out there, so he's leaving his son to take over here. I think that's just great. I lo- I like when characters age and they move up, and you know they they have like characters. 
and undoubtedly Superman, the Clark Kent will uh, somehow de-age in outer space and come back and take over for an older uh, Jonathan Kent at some point. Right? Oh, yes. Yes, uh, clearly at some point that's what will happen. <laughs> uh, a couple of other things that it looks like DC is doing. Uh, they've got some limited series that they're just kind of saying, you know what, we got these characters uh, that people enjoy. Maybe they don't deserve their own ser- uh, series, but they're doing some uh, limited series. Uh, Brian, I know you're a big fan of Booster Gold, right? And uh, Blue uh, Beetle. Yeah, they're going to do a limited, eight-issue limited series of Blue and Gold. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle teamed up together. Uh, Probably about which, that for like since the 80s. Jesus Christ. And it's been written, it's being written by Dan Jurgens, so you probably can't, you know, ask for a better, uh, creator to be on the book. Uh, then they're doing a four issue miniseries of Shazam, um, Ooh. which is going to be, oh, come on. Oh, who's the creators on it? I can't, I can't remember. And then the, and then they're going to do, um, Damian Wayne Robin is going to have his own ongoing book. So, but he's he's a part of the League of, of the League of Assassins, where he's trying to take the League of Assassins down. So, uh, yeah, DC's kind of gone in and said, yeah, like to, you, to your point, Brad, they've got these characters people love. Uh, they got a good idea for a mini series. They're not going to transition it. it they're not going to commit to it going on forever because what yeah. happens after this story arc with Blue and Gold? Right. You know, is it, and when the next creator comes in. Are they just filling it to make sure it has shelf space, and then it gets canceled? Yeah. So I'm all about the miniseries. Yeah, I, like I think it's a good idea. Uh, it's kind of like uh, it's like the Netflix mentality. Right, <laughs> right, they, right. They launch it. Uh, they've got a finite story, and if and if it deems needing another story, they'll address it at a later date. So, all right, we'll see how it goes. Good for them. Good on them. Good on them. All right. Uh, should we? I know we got a lot to to go on here. And in, in the green room, we didn't talk. I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat, uh, but we can Aww. certainly get into. <laughs> should we just hop into the movies? Uh, let me double check. Make sure we haven't missed anything in news. Uh, lots of interesting article. But we can tackle it in another day. Oh, the <laughs> uh, they've announced uh, Cap. Uh, there's a new Captain America movie. Yeah, of course. Uh, and for good out. reason. Really? Yeah, a new Captain America movie that's going to uh, feature Sam, and it's going to be by the um, showrunner from this uh, this series. Oh. For better or worse. I would say for yes. All right, well. <laughs> and last piece, last piece, uh, coming out in November, the Rocky direct Rocky Four directors cuts coming out. What is that? Re- now you got my attention. Rocky Four, <laughs> Stallone during the uh, the lockdown and, and COVID, he has recut Rocky Four, and it is going to be re released in November. It's going to be called Rocky versus Drago. Um, that'll so. be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I saw him like on Entertainment Tonight, and he's like got all these video screens or. You know, of him editing, and it's like him in a hotel room or something editing this stuff. <laughs> it's just really weird. It's like, okay. But it's weird in that because he's doing this, and he's doing, you know, they're pitching Young Rocky, like a Young Rocky TV show that he's Nobody working on. Nobody wants to see that. I, I know, but, it's, but that's not my point. My point is 
he is rolled up his sleeves and he is rooting around and yeah. digging through the rocky universe. He's digging he in the, be- the rocky seat cushions. That's why he's digging that's, around. That's well, that's true. That's true. Looking for loose change, uh, but for some reason he doesn't want to be in Creed three. I feel like when it all shakes out, you're going to find out there was creative diff- creative differences between yeah. Michael B. Jordan and uh, Sylvester Stallone. So yeah, because you know. That's the that's his Mickey, you know. I mean, that's I I just don't think it's I'm, I. Yeah, Podman Ron is speechless. He's stunned. Ron's just disappointed. That's all. Stunned, senseless. Jacob, any uh, thoughts on Rocky Four? Is it is it your favorite Rocky movie? Probably. Uh it's got a robot. They're cutting out the robot. I heard. Ugh. Completely. Sicko's wow. gone entirely. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Rocky right. Four is the one where he fights uh, Drago, right? Drago. Yeah. Drago, Drago. Russia. I like that one a lot. I don't, I don't know what my favorite Rocky movie it is. That's a good movie. That's a great movie. It's great montages. Movie. Some great montages in that movie. Uh, they're all good. All right, excellent. All right, good, good. Uh, this really is just like having Alex with us. We have not missed a beat here. Jacob, you are doing a fantastic job. Uh, tell you what, let's just uh, take a trip to the movies real quick. All right, at the movies, uh, did everybody get a chance to watch Mortal Kombat? The revisioning, reimagining of uh, a classic video game. Yes, Brian. Uh, to your point about it's like we're not missing a beat. You're fixing to beat absolute Jacob. So. Uh, oh my god! I can't wait. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Jacob. Uh, uh, we'll uh, let, let's start with you on this. First of all, Podman Ron, did you bother watching it? You know, I did, but I didn't. It was on in the background when I was doing some stuff, and yeah. I, it, yeah, it didn't really hold my attention whatsoever. I, I would look every once in a while and go, "Oh, look, there's a lizard man," or "Oh, look, that guy's frozen." But All right, well, it's, but, it's probably a perfect I, I, movie for I'm that. Not, I'm not a uh, it is. video video game enthusiast, so you know, this really wasn't in but, of video games, your favorites are the fighting games. They are, but I don't know. You know, these have like stories to them. You know, <laughs> damn it, damn stories. I, <laughs> I don't know. This this is never. All right. Well, it, it doesn't sound like we're going to get too glowing of a review from you. So ho- I'm glad we do have uh, Jacob here. So uh, Jacob, this is uh, you know the rebirth. What could be the rebirth? of a Mortal Kombat universe. And uh, gamers know, I mean, there's been how many, 10 or so video games? 11. Uh, 11 of uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, it does actually have a rich backstory and characters, and they kind of bring characters back, and there's a reason they bring them back and all that. So uh, in a uh, movie franchise setup, it kind of makes a lot of sense. On paper, mm-hmm. uh, does it work as well executionally, Jacob? As we're introduced to some of our favorite Mortal Kombat uh, characters, such as Raiden, uh, and, but uh, but we we have a new one. The the lead is a new 
character. Is that is that correct? Just for the movie, he's not appeared in the yes. video games. Okay, tell us yeah. a little bit about. Uh, give us a setup of what you thought of Mortal Kombat. Okay, so I don't care at all about the main character. To be honest, the story's okay. It's not anything to, like write a home about, but it's the nuances and details they added to the movie that really give it flavor and like solidify it as a very good um <laughs> just like Alex. of the games wow all right no this is fantastic we do not need alex is what i've learned so more, from mortal Kombat. i've learned this we don't need alex finish him finish him finish him <laughs> <laughs> He is cunning for Alex's job. Yeah, well, I mean, you throw in a word like nuance. You throw in a word like nuance, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you got to be, you got to back that shit up. The nuance? (laughs) Jacob, our reviews are like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. It was good. I thought the acting was good. Directing was good. Choreography was good. Music was good. I thought it was good. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. That's the way our movie. Uh, uh, so so you, you enjoyed it. Oh, yes. Jacob. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> to the point, he leapt up yes. from his seat on the couch okay, so- as if it was uh, uh, the on-your-left moment from Endgame. <laughs> at what point? No. At what point was okay. this uh, this fantastic moment? I didn't have any expectations for this movie going in. So when it was, I mean, good, I it was like it fulfilled my expectations so and good. then went beyond. Yeah. So in the moment, it was like, oh my god, this is the best movie. It's still a great movie, and I would still recommend you watch it. But it's not. I don't know, as good as I. I <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it was, he just did a flip flop <laughs> like Alex. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's not what I meant. Holy crap! The, uh, jumping up on the chair. So, <laughs> this was an awesome movie, yeah. but it wasn't yeah, that Alex good. Flip flop there. <laughs> Jeez. Totally. I didn't mean that. Uh, you said I it, son. Like, it's still fantastic, but I overreacted at <laughs> the moment. Which is what I think. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait, is this Alex? I uh, know. Yeah. Are, Alex, are you down in Florida? <laughs> Did you ever come back from Florida, Alex? All right. So so hold that thought for a little bit. Uh, Podman Ron, we heard what you saw. Uh, Brian, uh, assuming you were watching it there next to uh, uh, little Alex, what, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it was, uh, you're not going to get much plot. And you know, it's really just an excuse. And, and all the fights are, are intended to be one-on-one fights, right? So you're right. not going to have a giant, like, Avengers versus, you know, Thanos' army fight. You're not going to have that because it's you're always squaring off one-on-one in the video game. So they also had to kind of create scenarios where it would be just one person versus one other person. You know, so uh, that I'm sure was a challenge in the script writing. Uh, There's not a ton of script. You know, you basically got the motivation and the backstory that Outworld, where all these demons and stuff come from, are fighting, you know, uh, Earth uh, Realm, kind of like, you know, uh, Iron Fist, you know, and and the, uh, um, the tournament. The, uh, the terminal, uh, what is it? The, uh, 
Ah, oh, forget it. But uh, they so there's like this tournament between realms, and that's how they decide, you know, if a realm's going to be obliterated or taken over by the other realm. And you find out that uh, Earth realm has lost the last nine of ten um, tournaments, and if they lose the next tournament, uh, uh, Outworld will destroy. Will be able. Will be allowed to destroy Earth. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of the backstory. And then you've got people that they have this, this mark that, that are, you know, they're deemed to be champions of Earth. And if you kill one of them, you inherit their birthmark. Like it shows up on you. So, uh, but essentially, that's what it is. It's the, you don't even get into the tournament. Like they <laughs> right. don't even have the tournament in this movie. Uh, this is all like, they really only want, they wanted to make an origin story or just kind of get you your appetite whetted for this universe. Uh, but they really did not take the story very far, right? The tournament didn't even start in this movie. So, and then you find out the day after that they've signed or the day that they released, they've signed the guy that plays sub zero to, to star in four more films four more Mortal Kombat films. So there, and, and then there's a teaser at the end for a character that everybody's like, where, where is he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, they did the whole teaser at the very end, which it wasn't a post, a post credit scene, but it might as well have been yeah, the way they yeah. kind of teed it up. But uh, it was good given those parameters, you know, given the parameters that you're trying to introduce characters and kind of like an idea of what's happening. But you don't really have to introduce a ton because the pe- your core audience has played these games for. I mean, uh, Mortal, the first Mortal Kombat game came out in '93, right? So I mean, it's it's twenty what twenty eight year old twenty eight <laughs> right. year old property, and that's what I was saying. That that's uh, it makes sense for a good movie franchise, right? I mean, you got yeah. again, you got yeah. a lot of characters, a lot of backstory. Um, I agree with everything that uh, you and Jacob were saying. I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, I kind of halfway watched it, but but uh, uh, you know, one thing that I did like about it that uh, again, a pet peeve that I didn't even care to watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier too much, uh, or or even a lot of other movies. Something I've kind of complained about with superhero movies of recently is that it wasn't exactly what you said, Brian. It wasn't. You know the good guys versus a horde of of uh, parademons or whatever. It was kind of these one on one fights that, to me, kind of harkened back to you know the seventies and eighties comic books of uh, X Men versus the League of uh, Evil Mutants and stuff like that. To where you know one person would take on one villain and they would fight, and then they would say, that "Oh, we're going to switch yeah. villains or whatever type stuff." Uh, so I thought that was good, and it also kind of reminded me of uh, the X-Men or a superhero movie to where uh, the, the if they didn't have it already, the uh, people that were the tournament champions, they would have to go through some sort of stress to release or reveal their superpower, so to speak. So it was almost like, right. you know, a mutation that they had to hit a certain point and they revealed their mutation and everybody had a different thing. Uh, so from that perspective, I thought, wow, this was actually a pretty good superhero movie. <laughs> but again, a, a, a summer movie that made, you know, you, you could watch it just for the kills. Um, 
And that's what yeah. and that, they know that. I think yeah. that's the main thing. Is they're like, look, we're we got to get to these one on one fights, and we got to have fatalities. And as long as we can get to fights and make the choreography good, and make the fights compelling, and have good kills, and you know, like Easter eggs back to the video game, right? It's a win. And, 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 and they pulled it off. They pulled it off. I think so. Uh, Podman Ron, did any any reaction other than uh, you just had it in the background and you would look every once in a while for the kills? Is that about it? That's pretty much it. You all know, right. I, in all fairness, I'm not going to crap on it or anything because what I saw in the background, it, it looked interesting. I, you know, I need to pay a little bit more attention to it. I was just busy and I just didn't really care that much about it. So. Well, and to that point, you know, it's Rotten Tomatoes' critic score is 55. But I believe, I'm trying to get it to load, the last time I checked, the uh, um, the viewer score was like 89%. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, 88. 88, 88 <laughs> audience score. So, they stuck the landing. Yeah. You know, and, and this is this is like the, uh, the Fast and the Furious way, uh, uh, like mentality of movie making. Yeah, completely. And, and it's... And it's James Wan from uh, Aquaman. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you don't have to necessarily have a, a plot. You just have to have what amounts to an enjoyable time, right? Yeah. It doesn't have so, to be anything like these film scholars like Alex and Jacob care about. You just want to go and – Film scholar. Yes. Uh, and, and to your point, uh, uh, Brian, you, they did have a couple of Easter eggs. I had to look up and to, because I'm unfamiliar with the, the video game. So – uh, people who were probably uh, fans of the video game, they probably loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had, like, the when Kung Lao is, like, flawless victory. Like, right, right. The kids, the kids popped for that. And so, like, I'm watching it with all three kids, you know, and they're, like, uh, they're over the moon because they, lo- they love playing the video, yeah. the video game. So, like, they, they knew their audience and they stuck the landing. So, but, yeah, the flawless exactly. victory was a big one. The... Uh, um, finish them uh, and the, the different kills him. themselves were uh, yeah the different easy. kills were all from like the first or second video game and I'll tell uh, you who this the movie would have been much worse if it did not have Kano the guy that played Kano yeah. carried that movie like oh, dude, he's he great. carried the entire movie Nobody else had any personality other than right. Kano. Hey, you're right about he that. He was hilarious. But he had it in spades. So Yeah, he was really good. Uh, well, the thing that got me jumping up on my chair was in the games, there is a kill where Scorpion pulls off the mask and he breathes fire. Right. He, like his head turns into a skeleton and he breathes fire. And they, uh, they replicated it in the movie. And so I really like Scorpion. Everybody loves Scorpion. He's everybody's favorite, right? And Raiden? Yeah. I mean, all, Scorp- all the well, it's really it's, it's all about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. It's kind of like the yeah. uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, you know, that, that yin and yang. Um, there was a uh, uh, a featured – most of the cast you didn't recognize. You'd never seen the cast before, right? Right. But there was one character in this movie – or one actor in this movie that is a Podman favorite. Do you wow. know who it was, Ron? No, who? The the guy that played um uh who, who played who? Cabal. 
He was the guy that kind of looked like Boba Fett. Oh, okay, yeah. Who okay. Was, do you know who voiced that character? He wasn't the he voiced him. He wasn't that the actor in the right, costume, right. But he voiced him. Uh, would you like to know who it was? I, I, hey, I, I have to say it's Alan Tudyk. Favorite, not Alan Tudyk. No, okay. Damon Harriman. Who? Dewey Crow. No. That was Dewey Crow? Cabal was voiced by Dewey Crow. Get out of here. And who is Dewey Crow? From Justified. Oh, okay. I didn't, sorry. Sorry. Justified. Ah, Dewey Crow. That was like, just fun. So does that make you want to go watch it again? And pay just, yeah. Just the, the, the three lines Absolutely. that he has. Yeah. Absolutely I am. All right, so <laughs> Podman Ron, what do you give this uh, Mortal Kombat? To me? Yes, you are Podman Ron. What do you give it? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to pass on judgment because I okay. Look it would be fair to the movie because I didn't really pay attention to it. So I can't really – I'll watch it and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my judgment another time. All right, fair enough. I will uh, – I'll give it a three. I mean, I probably would – I was trying to think because I would – I will watch it again while I can. Um, yeah, again, not paying any attention to the in-between parts of it, but for the kills. Uh, so I'll have to give it a three, but uh, a one on the binary that it's, it's worth a watch. All right. All right. Uh-oh. Am I next? Yes. We'll say Jacob's yes, for yes. last. So uh, I will give it a four out of five stars. All right. I uh, oh. I enjoyed it. Like I, uh, you know, for what it is. For what it is, you know, yeah. We're not talk- it ain't the Godfather. Nope. But, uh, it's no it Justice League. <laughs> it lived. <laughs> I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than the Justice League. Ouch. That um, one hurt. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, I four and a one, right? Four and a one, yeah. All right, do you know how the uh, the ratings work here, Jacob? A one out of no. five, and then a binary of either see it or don't see it, a zero or a one. So what's your okay. – I'm assuming you're going to give it a one as far as your binary rating, yes. right? you should see it. It's a, like if and you play the games, you should watch it. A one out of five? Uh a four to five. I have to agree with my dad. You give it uh, a four? Okay. Yeah. Story. Like, there's not that much story, and there's not, like, the dialogue isn't fantastic. Kano's really good, but other than that, he's right. There wasn't too much personality in the other characters. Um, but, like, overall, it was really good. All right. Very good. Well, I, then I would say that uh, most everybody would watch it, and Podman Ron, uh, we look forward to hearing your uh, rating of it after you uh, pay attention to it. We know, oh, of really? course, Podman Ron, as I was mentioning, uh, the uh, the uh, X-Men and the 80s and Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and all that stuff. Uh, who's the father of all of that stuff with the X-Men? But Chris Claremont. Uh, Podman Ron, you had the assignment to watch Chris Claremont's X-Men documentary on Amazon Prime. Did you Did you watch it? I did watch it. All right. What? Tell us about it. <clears throat> Well, I can honestly say that if you are not a comic book fan, you would probably want to blow your head off watching this. There's no reason for you to watch it. You'd be confused by it. You probably wouldn't give a shit about it. Even if you were mildly interested in comic books, 
you probably wouldn't give a shit about any of this. But you wouldn't be you, by the end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, ten minutes into it, you'd be like, oh. Um, but if you were a fan of these, the X Men comics growing up, like we were in the eighties and the nineties. Uh, this was a really interesting show to watch. I mean, a very interesting movie because, you know, we saw this stuff happening from our point of view. You know, characters, you know, the creators change and people leave the book, but you didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes of all this. And uh, it was a uh, very interesting uh, uh, telling a documentary of what was going on, why, you know, the X-Men rose to such great heights and, and how they kind of fell and how he Chris Claremont himself, how he kind of left the book or was kind of basically forced off the book. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you are any type of uh, a comic book geek growing up in the seventies, eighties and nineties, then this, this movie you definitely want to watch. It was uh, um, a documentary, really uh, really just about Claremont and the X-Men. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it, Lots of uh, little behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, uh, you know, Can you give us an and, example? <clears throat> well, I mean, one of the, you know, the reason, you know, we, we all know he left. You know, I think it was around X-Men, you know, when the new, when they rebooted the X-Men with uh, Jim Lee was doing the X-Men. And uh, he started over at number one. And I think Chris Claremont lasted to issue three and pretty much got booted off because, you know, times had changed. You know, it was the the image guys had rose to prominence with the the art, and uh, that's what everybody was into. Then it was the art. It's no longer the story. It didn't matter. It was all the art, no matter who was writing it. Exactly. So at that point, they were like, "Oh, you know what? We don't care. You, we're you, we don't care about you, Chris Claremont. You know, thanks for all that you did, but you know, this guy, these guys are the rock stars now, and they pretty much kind of forced them out of it." Um, but it it was pretty interesting. I, I you know you, you had the, all these names that you've always heard behind the scenes, but you've never seen them up close. You know, Anne Vicente, you know, uh, uh, Louise Simonson or Louise Jones back in those days before she married uh, Walt Simonson, and uh, had this weird vibe that you know Chris Claremont probably did them both. But you know that's just what I thought. There's a little, uh, there's a little sexual tension wow. going on within three on the couch that I was like, eh, kind of weird here, but okay. All I, right. I'm picking up some vibes here, but. All right. Yeah, I tried, but, uh, I, I tried to watch about five minutes of it. It's, I mean, it's a pretty low budget documentary, right? It is, but yeah. it, you really need to stick with it because okay. it really gets good. I mean, the first five or 10 minutes, you know, they, they basically tell you the same old story that you always heard. You know, the X-Men weren't sold in the 60s. Right. And nobody cared about them, blah, blah, blah. Even Stanley left the book early and it was canceled. Yeah, and it kind of goes into that. But it really picks up and gets interested when, you know, Chris Claremont starts to talk. Jim Shooter starts to talk. You know, how another instance was, you know, the whole Gene Gray thing, you know. Jim Shooter read the story about how Jean Grey was just destroyed a whole planet and said, what are you guys playing to do? You can't just let her just go, well, okay, uh, sorry, you know, and let her just become an X-Men again. So there he's, he's like, you're going to have to, you know, she's going to have to go to jail or something. I mean, she's got to do that. Well, Chris Claremont and them didn't want to do that. They were like, well, if we do that, then we're going to, X-Men is going to always be constantly, you know, we got to go break Gene out of this jail. <laughs> Trying to get her out, yeah. 
So, you know, they just kind of came up with the, you know, we're just going to kill her just to, as a thing to Jim Shooter, like, you know, and thinking Jim Shooter was like, no, you can't do that. We're not going to do that. Let's, and thought they were, uh, he would work with them a little bit, but he, he called their bluff and he was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. So they were like, oh, really? So anyway, it's, it's just a little, uh, interesting little tidbits. Like I said, it's, it's kind of neat to hear these behind the scene stories when we, we were looking at them at, at a different view back in the day. So right. I would, if you're a comic book fan, I would thoroughly recommend this. I would give it a four out of five. It's very interesting, very All good. Right. But if you're not a comic book fan, I'd give it a do one it. out of five. Don't do it. Don't go there. All yeah, right. I will give it a shot. I will stick Turn with it. I believe, so, I don't know. I, uh, I believe there may be a uh, documentary about the image guys on Amazon Prime as well. So There is, and I've watched that also. Oh, okay. look at that. Double head. Yeah. I did, and it was really good. It's that's that's interesting too, because it talks about how they were just treated as. I mean, we we remember those days too. They yeah. were treated as rock stars, man, and well, you know, they were. Rob Leefield had a Gap commercial, remember? Yeah, oh, and that was like a big <laughs> thing, you know, that he had a Gap commercial, and you know, these guys were overcommitting these books, and you know, and and Rob Leefield was like trying to steal other people's talents and stuff. So, good times. I mean. Good times. Yeah, in the 90s. Is, that's a great. That's a great documentary right there. It's that one's much better than this one. But okay, yeah. So I would watch that. But this one got a four. But the, yeah, the other one must get a five. I, I would probably it. give the other one a five. And you know what? I'd give the other one it, in a perspective of like just. It's just different. To, when just you to watch it. it. Like, yeah. like that, that's what I was saying earlier about like uh, one of the one of the documentaries that I watched. But, you know, it's like when I was talking about console wars, it's like uh, it's different when you lived it. You have a better appreciation for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're right. You're exactly right. So. All right. What what uh, movie replacement on the old will do you have for us for Amazon Prime? Uh, on Amazon Prime. I didn't even know this movie existed. So I started hunting stuff down. Wow. OK. This is going to be good. Electra Woman and Dina Girl. All right. Excuse the me. movie. Electoral Mandina girl. Got it. All right. Very good. The old HR puffing stuff. And uh, no more. Which language would you like to learn? Would you like to learn a language? I got to I gotta upgrade my uh, spinning wheel so I don't have ads, I guess, in here, right? Uh, so <laughs> You might have to pay for it. God damn it. I'm just like Rob Leefield. I'm trying to just get out of it, right? Yeah, this this uh, lecture of woman and Diner girl was that came out in the twenty yeah. sixteen. I never even heard of it. Yeah, I've I've seen about five minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> that's about my is movie watching capabilities. All right, um, I guess I don't know. What do we do with uh, Alex's space here in case something lands on him? Uh, it, I guess uh, give it to me. Take it. All right. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead. Uh, 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 Jacob, why don't you go ahead and do this honor and step up to the wheel and give it a good spin for us. Uh, <laughs> just say okay. Just say okay. okay. All right, here we go. And, uh-oh. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Uh, I, I get one. This, is, this one's right. on me, boys. This one's I guess on you're me. Finish that now. 
I, I can, you got to watch more than five minutes. I got, damn it. i got to watch more than one uh, movie with five minutes. All right, so uh, this one's on me. I guess I'm going to go ahead and step up to the movie, the wheel here, and see what movie I'm going to be watching. All right, Brian will be happy about that. The last blockbuster. I think, Brian, that was your pick, right? It was my pick. All right, very good. Well, I will be happy to watch that. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, I guess you got to watch the, uh, I forgot. you got to spin the wheel for what you don't watch. Yes, yes. Not just automatically watch. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You, Ron, you don't get the pick. Don't get the pick. Yeah. All right, don't very good. All right, well, I've got my uh, homework for uh, the next few few days here. To watch I may the last watch it too, Brad, just so we can both, because I'm very interested in it. Oh, I thought you've already watched it. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, looking for an excuse to watch it. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. All right. Well, I guess we're going to go to TV land now, fellas. Reluctantly. <laughs> All right. In the TV world, we've got, of course, the... The ending of Falcon and Winter Soldier and, the, as uh, Podman Ron, as you noted, uh, the beginning of Captain America 4. Uh, as uh, our faithful listener knows, I personally have not been too attentive on this uh, this series. I did kind of fast forward through uh, most of the action parts just to kind of get a, a feel of what was going on. Uh, this last episode, and I, I got a, I got an earful toward the end, let me tell you, boys. I got I got a spanking at the end. Uh, tell uh, Podman Ron, tell us a little bit about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, give us a little I bit. Wish of, I could understand it enough to tell you about. It. Not just the last episode here, but just tell us this series. What is this series supposed to be doing here in the Marvel universe? Right. You know, it's got. There's a lot of stuff it's doing. It's kind of showing racism in the Marvel universe. It's kind of showing the effects of the blip in the Marvel universe. It's, you know, it's trying nationalism. to, yeah, I mean, I don't, Lots there of nationalism. all kinds of stuff going on in this. I mean, there's a, you know, an analogy between, you know, I think Muslims and Jews about the Gaza strip. I, I mean, I think there's just so much stuff going on in this and it's just, crammed all in here. I mean, just stuffed. Overstuffed. Which I mean, is sad because this should, of, of the movies we were going to get, this is the one that had the most foundational stuff from the or, or TV shows, but the most foundational stuff in the movies and should have been the easiest one to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had to make up all that WandaVision stuff. They had to make up all the stuff for Loki. You know, like, this is the one that's like, oh, well, it, you already had, like, uh, you were already on this path before the series started. Oh, and, and I didn't even get to the fact ah. that, you know, we have we still have to address Bucky's craziness or whatever, his PTSD or, you know, being the Winter Soldier and trying to seek for uh, – just there's just so much just – So it felt like it was too much, uh, right? Uh, and, and, and the Power Broker and Sharon Carter and just – 
Way too much. Way, and way, you way didn't even much. mention U.S. agent, and <laughs> you know that kind of. Yeah. So, so did this suffer These from six episodes and all? Everything I've just mentioned is crammed in the six right. Episodes. So, is that is that what the the uh, series <laughs> suffered from mainly? We had too many things to say, uh, and only six hours to say it. Pacing was terrible. Tone was terrible. Uh, it was, you know. Uh, you know, this was supposed to be, you know, this was shoved in our face. I mean, uh, as a buddy cop, you know, I was waiting for during the advertisement on some of these Disney specials that they'd be in the corner of the screen pushing each other. like <laughs> right. they used to do. Coming up next. You know, yeah. You know, I, this is how it was advertised, like a lethal weapon. But there were so few screen time together on here that when they forced them together it, it seemed almost so forced the buddy cop thing that it just didn't seem real i mean i didn't even feel like they really bonded enough to become friends like that do you know the all shucks friends i mean you know i i don't know this is just just a mess. terrible too much yeah of, all the uh, you know they, let's not even get in the u.s agent i mean the costume he looked great in it, but U.S. Agent was like, uh, I figured out U.S. Agent is Marvel's Guy Gardner is pretty much what he was invented as. You know, Guy Gardner was big in the nineties. I mean, I'm sorry, in the eighties, and you know, Marvel didn't have someone like that, a Rambo type, Stallone type character. So a douchey superhero. Yeah, exactly. So they built, they made U.S. Agent, and. uh he he fit that bill, you know. He was a douchey military man superhero. This guy's like, oh shucks, you know. Look at me, oh look at this costume, oh you know. I'm back, I'm back. I mean, I don't know. I this just did nothing for me at all. This was a very so, big disappointment. And the whole thing with Sharon Carter being the power broker. So Sharon spoilers. Carter leads them to the doctor who's making. Secret uh, super soldier formulas for her as the power broker. She leads Zemo to him, knowing Zemo wants to kill all the power, the super soldiers, and he probably will kill the man who's making super soldier formulas. So why would she even want to lead them to him? Uh, it's uh, absurd. It made no sense. None of it. Now, I did like Falcon's costume. I was about to say, let's let's talk about, about the things you did like. So Falcon's costume. Uh, Jacob, uh, I mean, this is about as comic accurate of a costume as we can get, right? I will, I will go on the record to say, oh, yeah. I'm not even a fan of it in the comic book, but this looked better than it did in the comic book. It's the same exact thing, but the way it looked and the way he used it, it was awesome. I mean, it was fantastic. He looked great. The, the costume looked fantastic, but I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Jacob, what did you think about the costume? Oh, the costume looks great. Yeah, uh, I think it looks really cool. Um, I do know that it looks a lot like the comics, and I, it's really detailed. I, I don't know; it looks cool. It's cool. All right, good. I thought the cool. the, the headpiece looked a little odd. Uh, it looked a little. Uh, he has a weird head shape. Maybe that. Maybe Anthony Mackie's head shape. <laughs> I mean, the thing that again, not that you're supposed to think too much of reality in it, uh, but I was thinking, and, and it was certainly comic accurate. But it's like, yeah, if you're flying around out there, you probably want to cover up your ears. It's like, why? 
<laughs> of all the things you do, you don't want to, you know, you probably want your mouth covered up as well. But the ears sticking out, which is the same way in the comic book, it seemed a little odd to me. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, but it's true. It looked great. It looked great. Um, and the action scenes with he's saving the people from the helicopter and, and all that kind of stuff when he comes out. I mean, again, everything looked fantastic on it. Uh, Brian, w- was this as big of a mess as Podman Ryan says it is? Were they trying to achieve too much? Or did it just sort of take a life of its own uh, in trying to mimic a little bit more of what maybe America's going through right now in reality? And is it trying to make a comment on that? I feel like the, the show, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> I feel like the show is a byproduct of covid I think just, uh, just a mess. <laughs> I, well, no, I think uh, I think it wasn't supposed to be six episodes. I have a feeling it was supposed to originally be eight, if not ten. I mean, hell, they they bit off a story that that uh, probably could have gone, you know, twenty three episodes if they wanted to. But you know, the they tried to cram too much in. They tried to launch a bunch of different characters and concepts and it's almost like feelbacks i feel like they were like well sam isn't that a compelling a character so let's add throw in other stuff uh like his backstory with the shrimp boat and all that (laughs) right you You just didn't need it right because didn't need it because maybe sam isn't uh the most exciting character but anthony mackie is it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, he, I like it. Anthony uh, Mackie is great. Sam, maybe not so much. They could have gone without a little bit of that backstory of, you know, yeah. Yeah. They could have cut all that out. You had the backstory, but then it's like, Hey, we need to, we want to have a grounded, you know, villain with a point of view and, 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 you know, we, we want to get a political cause it's captain America to an extent. And where do we go? Oh, we just had the blip. And, you know, uh, so you got all these people that have blipped back that owned a home. And now they've blipped back. Somebody else lives in that home. Well, who does the house belong to? Like, that was kind of the context of of, of what. The, but I didn't even hear anybody really even explain it that way. <laughs> right. Like this whole time, it was like, you know, and, and so they were taking people and they were either putting people that didn't get blipped out of the house because they said, well, this, this other person really owns it and they didn't do anything wrong. So they should still have their home. Uh, and then you had people that were blipped that didn't have possessions and it was like they were taking the haves and the have nots. So the people that mm. had before, uh, before the blip were being re brought back to their status before the blip and the people that had, had become something when the blip happened, we're also kind of being protected, but the people that, that were marginalized were still marginalized, whether they had been blipped or not blipped, and they were being <laughs> deported out of the country, right? I mean, that was kind of the context okay. of the whole thing, and I just did a hell of a lot more explaining of this of this plot than they did in any of the six episodes, right? Very true. But wow. then they did, they did not bother saying which side the flag, the, uh, uh, the, um, Flag smashers were on. All they just kept saying was "one world, one people." Well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, who? Are, why are you killing people? But you know, uh, what's your point of view? What What did you want people to do instead? 
Like, like they had no platform, no no agenda other than we just don't like it, and <laughs> and we're going to put our foot down. But they they had no solution. Uh, they didn't even explain why they didn't like it. It was bizarre. So you had that uh, as well. They had this 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 point of view that they never bothered explaining that got shoved into this as well. I think what happened was they, they said, Hey, look, we want to run eight episodes. Let's make sure we have enough content there. Sam's not the most compelling character. We got to, we got to staple on a backstory for him uh, because he doesn't have one, you know, that, that other than he likes to run laps around, you know, <laughs> a Washington monument and bumped into Steve Rogers, you know, uh, like he doesn't have a backstory. So we got to get him a backstory. Bucky, who really should have moved on from a lot of this stuff, because Winter Soldier was like six, eight movies ago. Uh, but now we uh, we want to take him back so that we can still see his anguish over the things he did. You know, it was just too much. And then you've got all the the let's try to launch new characters, right? And we missed this last week because I hadn't watched Captain Winter Soldier last week before we did the podcast. But I had a big aha moment when they rounded up um, Zemo and sent him to the raft, right? And I sent this to you guys on the text. They sent Zemo to the raft, uh, and guess who's in – well, the last time we saw the raft, who was in charge of the raft? General Ross. General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. So it's it's a – at this point, they've definitively said, look, you're getting the Thunderbolts. Um, which, whether you want it or not. Whether you want <laughs> you it or not. Right? And then you even see, they even did like a wrap-up on the raft at the end of the episode where you see Zemo in a cell. But yeah, so the, you've got the Thunderbolts, which didn't originally have anything to do with Thaddeus Ross, but uh, it's too easy to do it because now you can bring, now you've got a rim, reason to bring back um William uh, Hurt. No, William. What the hell's his name? Who? William Hurt. Oh, oh Hurt. yeah, Hurt. yeah. You bring back William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. He can have his his Avengers team. You remember in um, uh, Avengers? Was it? It was it Endgame or uh, um, Infinity War where they dismissed him? You know, the Avengers told him to you know get bent, and they turned off the hologram. So now he's got his chance to have his own Avengers. He's got U.S. Agent if he wants him. Or or what about Val, though? Is Val forming her own Avengers? Possibly. The Dark Avengers, maybe, or whatever. It could be the Dark Avengers. Yeah, it could be the Dark Avengers because you could have Bullseye as Hawkeye like you did. You know, Um, The idea was to cast Julia Louise Dreyfus, but that was a terrible idea. Yeah. I think uh, we said this last time. I think they were trying to do the – Gary Shandling thing again, but, <laughs> but back to my, my point about Thunderbolts, you've got, if you bring, if you have Thunderbolt Ross, well, then you can do Red Hulk, right? If you have, then you've also got Citizen V, Baron Zemo. If you want US agent, you've got him. You could take, you know, some of these other characters, you could take Vulture uh, and make him Beetle. I'm sorry, not make him Beetle, make him Mach 1 if you wanted to. So you could, you could, without doing too much explaining, create th- a Thunderbolt series. And honestly, in the Thunderbolt series, when it's revealed they're villains, Hawkeye takes them over because some of them have reformed at that point. 
you could have that be Bucky instead of Hawkeye. So, and that, and you'd get two seasons. There you out go, of Marvel. Bulls. You hand so, it straight over to him, Brian. You just hand it the whole plot. Give him the whole plot. <clears throat> uh, Jacob, again, the voice of America, the voice of young America here. Was this as big of a mess as uh, these old farts are telling us? Yes, it was. Wow. Oh, okay, so they got they hit the nail on the head. It's too many ideas thrown at you, thrown in your face at once. They didn't do any explaining, and it's it's a mess. And the whole thing about... Like, the Flag Smashers, their motive not being explained is one of the reasons why. Like, I hate Bobby Morgenthau. She's such an awful character, and she's so it's, it's she's so confusing. And she just goes, she she says she is uniting the world and then goes and murders, a, like, an entire building worth of people. And then tries to, like, create chaos by by killing all of the world leaders like how is that how is that constructive yeah i i didn't get any of that i don't understand what they were trying to do there i mean well that they're just going to stop doing it now that she killed them everybody i mean no exactly. and that that leads up to the this monologue from sam this rambling incoherent monologue <laughs> from sam at the end that just like that was like the icing on the cake. That was like a perfect like you know snapshot of the whole previous five episodes. So, like yeah, thanks for preaching at us, Sam. Gee. So a bit of a mess, maybe a little bit too preachy at moments, and just overall maybe a disappointment of this was not what we thought Falcon and Winter Soldier were going to be. And should have been the easiest Marvel Marvel right, TV. Right, since show you to had make. some, yes, you had some background. You know what? The only the only way, one thing that cut out all the damn shrimp boat shit that made no. <laughs> did they? Even, no, they, did I, they at the well, end though, Podman Ron, it looked like they had a party on the shrimp boat, a montage party. So yeah, another montage. Let's do another montage. Yeah. But, shrimp but boat. Let me, ask you this. let me ask you this. Did they even resolve the, the shrimp boat thing? Did they get money? No, they Did they paint? They painted it and went shrimp. Sam said, I mean, "Yeah, Sam said that he was going to call in the favors from all the people their parents helped." And then you right. had the montage of people helping them paint the boat and all that kind of stuff. But that was it. <laughs> it, it didn't yeah. solve the fact that she like has mortgaged her house to the to the guilds. <laughs> like, so. I mean, and then they had a cookout, and right. you know. That was pretty much it. I mean, everybody's happy-go-lucky. Everybody was happy at the end. And did y'all notice at the end? Did y'all notice at the end? What was it? That it read Captain America and the Falcon and the Union Ah, how about that? I didn't notice that. I wasn't watching. You know, one thing that uh, we can certainly move on, but uh, one thing that I, again, didn't watch it much, so you guys tell me if they hit on it. I kind of thought that, again, it was going to be a buddy cop type movie. And given what we do know of Sam's background and of Bucky's background, it it felt like that they could have, you know, like the whole thing would have been like Bucky confiding to Sam about PSD stuff and Sam helping him through it and and really exactly. forming a bond and a brotherhood yeah. there. But that did not happen. I don't know. No, no, okay. no, it didn't. There was nothing in there. He had a therapist. I, I did that, see the first episode like, where he had it there, but I thought that's where it was going to go. It's like, okay, well, 
the only thing we know about Sam's personal life before that is he ha- would help vets through PST type stuff. And Winter Soldier that has is so some. true. He helped vets through PST stuff and then just kind of didn't help Bucky the entire time. Right. He, tre- he told Bucky to go suck it. Yeah. Get over yourself. <laughs> All right. So uh, a little bit odd there, right? Here's, here, can I, can I make a prediction? You can. <clears throat> Nurse Geronis. Here, here we go. And I'm not saying this Nurse in a bad way. I'm just saying I've just kind of noticed something. Bucky has never, I mean, not a Bucky. Falcon, I've never seen him, like, with a woman. Mm. That is true. And they're, they've been actively wanting a gay Captain America. Ah. So, all right. There you go. Maybe Captain America 4 is what we've been waiting for. Maybe he'll have. Uh, maybe it won't be quite as big of a mess. Maybe it'll just be about his uh, personal journey. You well, know, I, uh, we didn't even touch on the Isaiah Bradley stuff. That was another thing crammed in there. I mean, if you're going to yeah. do all this stuff, we didn't even talk about him. If you're going to do all this stuff, you need to like cut out some of that silly shit and extend <laughs> it another three or four episodes. I mean, well, what they should have done, like they should have. The Flag Smasher stuff should have never happened. It should have never. It should have been Zemo. No, no, no. I, I would. I'd take Zemo out. What I would. Yeah, do I would too. I would have it very traditional to the comics. You could still ha- and and have the racism piece be like the undercurrent of the whole series. Yeah, that, you know what? You're right. They that should have been the undercurrent. They should have done the like the watchdogs. You know, right, the, that's what I was going to say. Thing. Yeah, is is you could have had Johnny Walker. Because um, that would have tied in. That could have tied into the Isaiah Bradley stuff perfectly. Correct. I mean. You could have, uh, you could have had Johnny Walker politicking to become the new Captain America. You could have him hiring the Watchdogs to like do these ter- to create these terrorist threats that he goes and thwarts. Uh, and then they give him the shield instead of Sam. And it's like, well, did they? You know, the Watchdogs are the threat. Well, why did they give? You know, why didn't they give it to Sam? Was it racist? We don't know. And then slowly but surely kind of unfold that, you know, yeah, it was racially, a part of it's racially motivated, right? And that, that whoever's, you know, in charge of it didn't think the world should have or was ready for a black Captain America. And so you could even have that revelation and then have the stuff, then it would fit perfectly with the Isaiah Bradley stuff uh, and, and, and leave, leave the flag smashers out completely, leave Zemo out completely. Like, the, they're, and just had it be, who's going to get the shield? Is it going to be Bucky? Is it going to be Sam? Or is it going to be John Walker? You know, just I, I, I would buy that. That's good. Well, that would be a lot more interesting than in episode, we got. In episode five, like Sam figured out how to use the shield in like an afternoon. Like Yeah, I know. I mean. That was like, also like a whole thing. Like the reason – the reason Bucky could throw it's because of his arm. The reason Steve could throw it's because of the super soldier serum. There's not really a reason Sam should be able to wield the shield. Like, like he doesn't. Now, when he got the vibranium suit, yeah. But, but before that, no. And, and I don't know. It's well, they explained it with John Walker because he had like apparent, like he was like an excellent soldier and he was an excellent athlete. And that wasn't. I mean, even then. That's still unrealistic, but Sam is not like this. It's a regular guy. 
it's, yeah, exactly. He's not an incredible athlete or like an he's a paratrooper that, that got a jetpack. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what happens with Captain America four uh, in about three or four years, I guess. Right. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if they de- decide to do anything with these characters and he, and uh, make them a little bit more interesting. Uh, let's go oh, over boy. to Invincible. Uh, you guys, I, I've mm. missed the past couple of episodes of Invincible, but you guys are still on the Invincible bus. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, now that show, man, I, I tell you, that if you want to see how to do a superhero show, I mean, that's the show to watch. I mean, that, you know, in what, what is this, like six episodes, maybe seven? In, in six or seven episodes, they have, like, built a world, I mean, of, of God, it's just so good. good. I, I, I cannot express how good the show is. And 45 minutes, 45, 50 minutes, and it goes by so fast because you're enjoying it. You, you're like, oh, man, is it over already? I mean, I mean, it's just really, really a good show. I mean. They're not cutting any corners either. <laughs> like, uh, from the comic standpoint, you know, and this was the penultimate episode. I'm, I'm guessing, like. Uh, oh, no, it is? I, I Well, I mean, think about where it left off, right? So uh, this episode, the world finds out that Omni Man's the one that killed the the Guardians. Of the okay, Club. good. So that, right. that's the world a, finds this, out. Cats out of the bag on that one. And Cecil, uh, they're tr- uh, he's trying to make a beeline for Cecil. Um, and Cecil's like, you know, uh, dropping you know laser beams from uh, like uh, these like uh, Star Wars contingency plans from satellites on him. Uh, he's resurrecting the immortal to go after him and try to kill him. Like he's doing, well, oh. he didn't technically do that, but the, um, but then they still had time to tell the whole robot and story where he gets his body and, and what happened, you know, that he wasn't actually a robot. He was, he, he was, a, a, a he was a quato. He was like a quato from, uh, from total recall <laughs> in a, in a tube. But, like so, they didn't even buy, like they still, they still had that plot thread from the comics, and even though you got all this stuff happening with Omni Man and Invincible and Cecil and and everything else, they still took time to develop that story, and it fit. Like yeah. as well as it fit, it, you didn't feel like they were taking some detour. You know, it it, it, it that story had been building since the first episode because you had the Brawler Brothers, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good. And the Brawler Brothers yes. are, are awesome. I mean, they're so funny. Well, even the reasoning that they said, like, you know, because they don't, they their system won't tell them which one is the original, because if you knew you were the clone, it would be damaging to your psyche. Like, like they, they in their original experiments, one of them knew it was the clone, and they went nuts. So mm-hmm. now, like, the, the fail-safe is that neither one, whatever the, the download's done, Neither one knows which one's the the clone, which one's the original, and that's displayed because when the when the Mueller brother brothers finish the cloning process and he uploads his uh, consciousness to the other one, the the one that is the clone is like ah, so you are the clone. Very cool. All right, well, I will, I'll have to watch it when it's all over and done. I'll watch it. And maybe I'll read yeah, the book too. I think I have an omnibus uh, somewhere or another electronically, but uh, I've never read it. I think the next episode is the season finale, Ron. I think it's eight episodes. 
Uh, but holy cow, the way we've lit, we've led up to this, this next episode, and just like the comet comic is going to be a free for all. It is going to be the bloodiest, uh, probably the, the largest scale battle of, of any of the episodes, but honestly, I'd say bigger than most movies, most Marvel movies. Really? Wow. So, all right. You're building it up quite a bit. But uh, you guys, that. you guys love it. I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll see. Uh, maybe I'll do a retro view of it one day. Did you go up there and tell them you're here? <laughs> All right, Podman Ron's moved sure on to other stuff. There. What's that? <laughs> this is what happens sometimes, Jacob. Is Podman Ron? He goes to another podcast. Mm-hmm. He goes to get Starbucks. He gets Starbucks. I assume he's uh, doing some work-related stuff. Uh Let's uh let's move over to what you're looking at, shall we? We shall. What you looking at? All right, Jacob. Uh, well, we're waiting for uh, Podman Ron to come back. Uh, I know he's got something he's been looking at. What have you been looking at recently? Uh, I'm A book, perhaps. The office. Okay, rewatching The Office. Uh, that's always good. good. Are you watching the uh, the spe- very special episodes, the extended episodes on Peacock? I am not. I forgot about those. Oh. Uh, I plan on watching them. I, yeah, I forgot about them. All right, you need to watch those. And you've got a book review for us. Yes. Okay, so I've been reading this for around a year, but it's... Are you there, it's God? It's me, fantasy. Margaret. What? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. What this, tell us about this book, this year-long reading of a book. Uh, well, it's a 14-book series. Oh, ouch. And they're all... You've already, I'm tapped out already. <laughs> <laughs> they're all about a 1,000 pages as well. But basically, it is... Well, first of all, tell us, tell us the name and, and, uh, of the book. Uh, yeah, it's the the Wheel of Time, and it's a fantasy series that is it's very Lord of the Rings esque. Like you go on a very like an epic quest, and you become uh, like the your character grows, and then you succeed. But uh, it's that general like plot uh, construct, but very much fleshed out, fleshed out. There's upwards of like 2,000 named characters in the book. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's, it's incredibly detailed, like to the point of where you know what the patterns of the curtains are. Wow. It, it's really good though. Like it, it all shapes up to be uh, a very interesting book series. The main character is uh, really interesting, he's really fleshed out. And are these a, are these books continuing, or is it whatever you said fourteen uh, fourteen books and it's done now, or are they still making new ones? They're not. Uh, it's it done. Ended, okay. Uh, early two thousands, but like the thing about it was the main author uh, Robert Jordan he died before he was able to finish it. Wow. And so, yeah, it's pretty rough. But um, <laughs> another author who was like a super fan at the time, uh, by the name of Brandon Sanderson finished the last three novels 
which were supposed to be one, but it was so long that the uh, the publishing company had to split it up into three books. Wow. All right. Well, and is this ripe for movies or a miniseries, maybe? Something I can watch? We're, uh, yeah. There is an Amazon series coming out uh, at some point. It was supposed to come out of this year, but I don't think it's going to come out uh, until at least next year, just because of COVID. All right. Will of Time. Mm-hmm. All right. I will Which... be looking for it. It, it's strange, and Jacob, I don't want to burst your bubble on this, but mm-hmm. we just had the announcement uh, last week that the budget for the Lord of the Rings Amazon Prime series was out, and it was $465 million series <laughs> oh, for the first wow. season. So the fact that they're doing, that they've already got a Lord of the Rings property, um, and they're spending that much money on it. I'm, I got a bad feeling the Wheel of Time series may end up getting uh, time may be out for the Wheel of Time. It, yeah, maybe. And is it so? Is it uh, fantasy like you know hobbits and yeah. things like that? Or it's okay, epic so, fantasy? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. It's essentially the same. I mean, even to the point I've read the first book, and, and you've got you've got your Frodo, you've got your Sam, uh, you oh, got yeah, like this does not sound instead, good. Instead of having Gandalf, you have uh, <laughs> Randolph. Yeah, Randolph. Uh, and and they get uh, there's there's people attacking the village. You know they they they're told they have to leave the village. They end up at a at a uh, um, truck stop. Huh? Truck stop. No, they end up at a pub. They end up at a pub. I mean, in this town. Like it's oh, wow. it's very reminiscent of Fellowship of the Ring, the first but book. But Daddy, it that is what the first book is supposed to be. The second yes. book is incredibly different from two But Tower. they've but they've gotta they've gotta make a series out of this, Jacob. You gotta remember. They gotta make a t- first one's just like The first one's a complete ripoff, but the second one's not. Is that what you're yeah, saying right. to us, Jacob? Well, because, like he he took the formula, and so like you're comparing the formula for the for Lord of the Rings to Wheel of Time. Yes, they are very similar, but like after the first book, it gets a lot better and it okay. gets a lot more interesting. Well, the first book wasn't bad, but my point is, Jacob, yeah. like we've seen it before, and you've got you've read the books, right? You made it past the first book, but some. You know, average Joe Hammenegger has got to watch season one and say, I've already seen all of this in in, in three hours of watching The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Why am I going to watch season two? So you got to get past season one and you got to get past book one to get to season two. That could be problematic. True. That's my problem. That's my point. That it's could like be that problematic. Made- I am. I ain't watching that crap. Oh, come on, man. All right. Well, well, Podman Ron, I think I can save you here. You, you have no interest in that, but I've got another Amazon Prime show. You've you've trusted me on Barry. You've trusted me on uh, uh, Happy Endings. Are you still watching that? Uh, I am not, but it's not because I don't want to. It's just I'm just, just too much. Yeah. All right. Well. Great show. That is a great show. You're right. Well, you need you need to trust me on this one on Amazon Prime. What I'm looking at, and I'm already through with it. 
uh, because it's only six, I think it's six half hour episodes. Frank of Ireland. Have you ever heard of that? No, no one's heard of it, but it's on Amazon prime. It's pretty darn funny. It's a little bit of the same vein as uh, happy endings where it's kind of, you know, these characters are, you know, people that are not likable characters and they're in zany situations and it kind of goes a little bit, you know, into like the arrested development type zaniness or whatever. Uh, but it's, uh, it has the, uh, Gleason brothers, I'm assuming they're brothers, but Domhnall Gleason, who we know from, uh, yep. uh General Hux from the, uh, Star Wars, recent Star Wars movies and, uh, in Ex Machina and probably a few other things. Uh, well, he was, uh, one of the Weasley brothers in, uh, Harry Potter. Oh, He's well, there Weasley. you go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I wonder if his brother whoa, whoa, was whoa, one whoa, of them whoa, as well. Oh, back. back it up. Podman Ron? General Hux was in Harry Potter? General Hux was Bill Weasley. Get the fuck out. (laughs) Wow. This is not... That's some flavorful language. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. But now I know. Now I see it. It's like, oh my God, now I cannot unsee it. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I still can't see it. Dang. Uh, well, right. if you can't get enough of them uh, from uh, those, uh, definitely give uh, 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 Frank of Ireland. Again, it's kind of this 33-year-old loser who still leaves at home. Uh, his girlfriend leaves him, and he tries to win her back, sort of. So it's like nothing inventive about the story. Uh, but the characters are funny. Situations are pretty funny. And, again, six episodes, half hour each. Uh, and you can't go wrong with a good Irish comedy. So that is what I'm looking at, and that's what I re- recommend for you. Dang. Podman, Ron, look- Pod Ron, if your mind is not blown enough, what have you been looking at? Well, uh, finally finished uh, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. And, with, uh, with Gangi? Gangi, she cried at the very oh. last episode. She it, it very much upset her. And uh, so I was trying to find something else for us to watch, and uh, we went straight into uh, the Mayans, which is a okay. Son of Anarchy spinoff. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, some you know some of the uh, uh, people from Sons of Anarchy guest star every once in a while on it. So it's it's gotten to a very slow start for me. Uh, it's it's got like a hundred percent Rotten Tomato scores for like season two, but. It, it's it's very slow. Uh, it's uh, I can't I can't explain. Sons of Anarchy they were immediately like bad guys. I mean not bad guys but anti-hero type you know do criminal acts but with a heart of gold type stuff would kill people left and right. These guys they're a little bit I don't know I, they they don't really kill as often. Mom was very <laughs> upset they didn't kill anybody until the fourth episode. Wow. So. So it's gotten to a slow start. So far, it's not as uh, not as good as Sons of Anarchy. Now it could it could be proven wrong later, but I think there's only two seasons right now. The third season's about the premiere. So, um, and I'm only up to episode like six of the first season. So we'll see where it takes us. But so far, I'm I'm kind of a little bit disappointed in it. Uh, so not not the uh, bikers with a heart of gold that you were hoping for. Or they do no, have a just, heart of gold. 
they they they're too nice. They're too nice. Okay, uh, all right. Too nice. All right. I don't know what what the deal is. They they they're just going a different way, direction with it. So. Well, uh, another uh, person with a heart of gold, a hitman with a heart of gold. I think you have something to tell us, Podman Ron. What's that? Uh, about a hitman with a heart of gold. You had a, a formal apology uh, to issue? Oh, no. It has nothing to do with Barry. <laughs> oh, well, no. What is this? Okay, wow. What is this public I have apology? I apologize about the Larry Sanders show. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. Look uh, at this. I mean, Brian, I have, he is, who is I feel this? Like I have, I am 25 years late to a party on this thing. Oh my God. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. This show. Turn the corner. I, I, season three, man. I, I got the season three and I, I'm just laughing my ass off. I mean, <laughs> that's great. He is, but between rib torn, it just, Everything out of that man's mouth yeah. just makes me laugh. Gold, yeah. Freaking Gary Shandling, it's as the seasons go, he gets a more neurotic and more yes. needy. And uh, just the looks that he gives, I mean, Hank, I, all of it. Oh my God. I, I've. I just I cry laughing at some wow. of these episodes. Brian, I mean, and you in the green room, you were talking about how much you did enjoy that episode of Barry. That, that we've one been episode building of up. Barry, yes, okay, that one okay. episode of Barry, right. but not but not that I at mean, all. Every okay. episode of Larry Sanders has just been like, and, and the way these the the Hollywood actors, you know, the who, right. who are playing themselves, the way they kind of just. Mimi Rogers. Slow in. Yeah. I mean, oh my, oh, the Ellen DeGeneres one was great. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, oh God, it's just such a great show. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on season five. I know it's only lasted six seasons. So I'm kind of disappointed. Sure, that sure. Again, after, after you finish watching that, you got to go watch the uh, documentary on them. And, and then you'll, oh, you, then you'll want to go back and rewatch the, the season again, because again, um, I forgot the the woman's name, but Hank's assistant. Oh yeah, that yeah I've read that. Doreen yeah. or what's her name, something like that. Uh, but that, yeah, that's 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 uh, that Gary's real life girlfriend. That they, you know, she, uh, she's still around. Gary is not. So according to her, you know, she was trying to make things work and all that. But his neurosis and fear of commitment and children and all that stuff just kind of. You know, pushed her away, and she, and she was basically like, "Yeah, I kind of had to leave the show." You know, so it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I know you can honestly you can see uh, he's playing himself to almost to a T. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just I love I love when he well, calls Hank a no talent fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Again. No talent fuck. I'm like, <laughs> and Hank, you know. He's that typical person. He acts like a Mr. Nice Guy, but behind right. the scenes, he's just such a jerk. He's such a weasel, yeah. <laughs> he Brilliant is, episode again, sir. <laughs> it's like, never had that guy back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. So, yeah. here's the thing. Do you, now, do you see the influence that this show had on 30 Rock and Curb Your Enthusiasm? I do, especially on Curb, but you, you know what? Neither one of those shows are as funny as the show. I mean, wow. oh, holy cow! <laughs> I mean, this is this is a Alex type twist right here. <laughs> I told you, I said a public apology. Yeah, you were you were right. <laughs> I could I not have dreamt this. This is good. <laughs> this this is Curb, incredible. 
this curve just irritates me after a while. The first few seasons of Curve is funny, but after a while, these the, the shows now on Curve are just cartoony and yeah, kind of Yeah, dumb. a little cartoony, yeah. Yeah, but this is just – I mean, you can actually probably picture this happening in real life, some of these scenarios that he goes through. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hilarious. I mean – the way neurotic these stars are, especially about getting bumped, and you know, I mean, it, God, it's just so fucking hilarious. I, and so, I would argue, after you watch, finish this, and after you watch the documentary, go back and watch. It's the Gary San- Shandling show. If you yeah, can, did that. we say where we could find it? I don't. I, it's. I'm assuming it's on Showtime. It's uh, because you know that's where it originally aired. I don't think it is. I don't think it's available anywhere. And the the funny thing, like Rip Torn, he doesn't even have. I mean, it's just his inflections on stuff. He just the way he just kisses everybody's ass, every star. You did great out there. You're doing fine. You know, how is my wonderful star today? You are a wonderful <laughs> right. person. <laughs> he is just so funny. I, swear I, I mean, killed that woman in Nam. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my favorite parts were always the commercial breaks, where you know oh, he's yeah. talking where to the star, talking. and then they stop talking, and then Rip Torn will come in, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> and the star is just like looking over at Hank or something like that. <laughs> I like there was uh, there was one episode where it was like the end of the show, and you know he stands up and he starts talking to Hank because it's the show, and then they're like. You're clear, and Hank's talking, and Gary just, he just walks away. <laughs> just doesn't say anything. Just just mid. It is just fucking hilarious. I mean, it is, well, oh, what I was going to say was, if we if you if we can find it's the Gary Shandling show, and you can watch it, you'll see the fingerprints that Seinfeld, Seinfeld had, yeah, definitely from it's the Gary Shandling show. Uh, well, I. I feel like some there's some Seinfeld stuff here. No, 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 no. When you watch It's a Gary Shandling Show and realize it came out like six, seven years before Seinfeld, you're like, well, shit, Seinfeld's true. So you know Larry David is a huge Gary Shandling fan. So, oh, I didn't know that. No, you, you can tell. You can tell by, like, the 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 DNA that's shared. Even though Shandling right, had nothing right. to do with either of those two shows, so. Oh. But again, well, I, again I'm I hate, so happy, Brad. I know it's fantastic, right? <laughs> I, I hate to keep pushing the uh, documentary, but in the documentary, he and Jerry, there's a couple of interviews or not interviews, but interactions with he and Jerry, with Gary and Jerry walking in the park well, and stuff like if that. If y'all want to see something really creepy, go watch comedians with cars with co- drink getting coffee. Gary Shandling's episode. It's like three months before he's. He dies, oh, and oh, all wow. they do- all they talk about is death, and about you know. He even says at my funeral, I won't. I forget what he requested at his funeral to be, but I mean, and it took place like three months before he really oh, wow. actually died. So, and it's Ooh. it's kind of sad because because they were talking about how their careers kind of like came up together, and like Gary. Um, the Gary, the Larry Sanders show taped like right across from the Seinfeld show. So they'd go back and forth and they would like meet up at lunch or something and walk and talk and stuff. And, uh, you, y'all need to watch that episode. I mean, it's really, it's sad. It's really, really sad. Um, because especially knowing, you know, that, yeah, like three, three, three months later he dies. Cause I, I think they taped it in January and he died in March. So, wow. 
Uh, yeah. Gary Shandling's a genius. Yep. Uh, are you familiar? And he doesn't with... get the uh, he doesn't get the acknowledgement. No, none whatsoever, that, really. That uh, that Gary... just like he that stupid smile he always has, and then he's like, "Is my ass big?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob, are you familiar with this actor whatsoever? You probably are through the Marvel no. movies, though, whether you know it or not. Gary Shandling uh, was the senator in Iron Man. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. It's incredibly, it's it's uh, interesting how uh, how painful a little prick can be. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I saw you watching that. It was pretty funny. I stayed for a little while. <laughs> wow, I'm 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 overjoyed. Brad. I love that show. So I funny. Mean, yeah, good. Ooh. Look at that. I mean, this has been like the big win of any what you're looking at, I think. So I'm, I'm watching this show, and I'm like, I remember when all you guys would talk about it at the shop. You know, especially Chris loved this show, and he'd always talk about it. I never understood the concept. I was like, what do you mean? It's a talk show? And he's like, no, it's not really a talk show. It's a parody. And and But now I'm watching it, and every episode has got a star on it. I mean, it's, you know, it's huge. I mean – Big stars. I mean, they're, they're, I just watched the one with David Duchovny, and he's like, got, got a crush on him. And stuff. Right, right. That's. I think that's a running gag with oh, Duchovny. God. Oh yeah, it happens. Yeah, multiple it's, times. But uh, I mean, my only complaint, if I had to complain about anything, is this season. It's happened this season the most. Is they will let these musical guests like sing their whole song, play the whole number, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to hear this shit. Yeah, from the 90s or whatever <laughs> so it is. Don't, don't but that's where the line started to blur. Larry Sanders was so popular that it's almost they, they started booking guests like it was really a TV right, show, right. Or like, a, yeah, like a, I, a talk show. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, it's – God, it's so funny. Jeez. But it's wild. In, 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 you know, in retrospect, uh, between Curb, Seinfeld, The Office, that kind of thing, like – Larry, see, Gary gets no. There's office. A lot of the office is is, is Larry Sanders, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but he does. But it's almost like it's forgotten now. Yeah. Like like you know because it was because it was in the nineties. You know, like so much so much content in the nineties isn't you know looked on favorably. This is like that that gem that inspires so many other shows. Uh, but it doesn't get the love that it should. So I think it does through from comedians. I don't think it does from you know general populace. But uh, yes, I think he's uh, gotten a lot of love it, from his peers. So instead of watching The Office again, listeners, go back and watch the Larry Sanders. Oh, Except for Jacob, that may be a little bit too mature for him. I don't know. Correct, <laughs> Jacob. You yeah. can stick with The Office. Well, I think got to get through season two. It, it really doesn't pick up till after season two. I mean, See, I argue if you went back, if you went through season six, and then went right back yeah. into seasons one and two, it'd be good. You'd, right. you'd, you'd completely, you'd see it in an entirely different light. Yeah, you're probably so. All right. Well, hey, we we can't ask for anything better. To, to oh my god, one one of the episodes was the uh, Hank's fan club, the, the hundred year that <laughs> came. Yeah. <laughs> When, uh, what's her name? Uh, his assistant. Walter, Darlene. Uh, the, um, uh, Larry's assistant. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot her name. Uh, Janine Gardofalo. What's her name, not, though? Not Janine. No, the black the woman. 
Yeah, the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She goes, he goes, so you're letting the colors work here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they wouldn't let him on the show because he's a racist. It was so, I mean, it was like, oh, my God. That's a funny show, man. I mean, just, oh, it's just a funny show. So, All man. right. I mean, we can't, we can't top it uh, much more than that. Um, uh, we're, 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 we're very happy for you, Podman Ron. And you. and you know Thank what, you, we're happy to have G- Jacob along for this special episode as well. Jacob, how how was this episode for you? You were a little Fantastic. quiet. I know you're you're trying to get into the Podman attitude here, uh, filling yes. in for Alex. And and Alex is going to have uh, finals next week as well, or later this week as we're recording on a Sunday. Uh, so oh. so there may be some opportunity for you really to to boot him out of the way there, Jacob. Very nice. I plan on booting him out. Excellent. All right. Uh, what do we have? We don't. I guess uh, we have Invincible. So I'll try to get caught up with Invincible. I don't know if we have any movies or anything. So uh, I'll be watching the last blockbuster, of course. And Brian, you can join along with. Um, and we'll we'll try to uh, find some new stuff to to look at. We haven't talked about uh, the Mighty Ducks TV show that I have been keeping up with. Have you been keeping up? Absolutely. Why well, have you a of it? Because we keep running out of time. We'll, we'll, we can talk about that next week. Because I'm curious. <laughs> I'd like to watch it. Oh, I mean, it's a stupid Disney show, basically. But, uh, yeah. You watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you should, be able to, you should be able to handle this. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Jacob, do you know how we close the show out? No, not off the, the top of my head. Do you know the catchphrase? You don't have to say it, but do you know the oh, catchphrase? I do. Okay, I well, well we, I do want you to, but you've got to wait for your cue, because until next time... Save it for the podcast. Yo, look at that. <laughs>